meditation, 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 depending on the quality of my mind. You know, there's good days and bad days. I mean, I feel like the waterfall of thoughts. Every now and then, a nice calm. Can't think of anything. This is meditation in the city. The Shambhala New York podcast. Thank you for listening to the Meditation in the City podcast. My name is Francesca Leo, and I'm your host. The title of this episode is Cheering Up in Challenging Times. As the Buddha taught in the first noble truth, suffering exists. Painful situations arise in all of our lives, and sometimes the challenges of life can become so overwhelming that we begin to feel stuck. In particularly difficult times, such as now, we can spiral into depression or lash out at ourselves and others in frustration. But even in the face of the many societal problems and economic pressures of our times, not to mention our own personal challenges and struggles, we can always turn to meditation practice and study to help us find a fresh and uplifted perspective on life. Today we're joined by Eve Rosenthal. Eve has been a senior teacher in Shambhala for many years. Currently residing in Nova Scotia with her spouse, Basia, she's originally from New York City and was resident director of Shambhala training in the mid-1980s. Founder of Shambhala Online, she has worked in the technology sector on Wall Street and as a university professor. She is a longtime practitioner and instructor of Tai Chi Chuan and enjoys playing the piano. This talk was recorded at the Shambhala Meditation Center of New York in May of 2014. Here's Eve to take away the discussion. So I'd like to talk about what I mean by challenging times and also what I mean by cheering up and also what the journey could be from uh, challenges to some kind of larger perspective. So that's, that's the plan. Is that okay? Okay, good. And... Um, So, by challenging times, I think that if probably any one of you could talk about what that is. But what I'm particularly talking about is uh, a personal or um, could be personal challenge or social, some kind of um, societal challenge. And it's usually characterized by feeling uh, overwhelmed and uh, stuck in feeling that there's no way out of it. And that's why it's, it's challenging. Have you ever experienced something like that? And from the um, point of view of a personal challenge, it could be a uh, um, challenging uh, relationship or a circumstance, um, fire or flood, theft that happened to you, and uh, uh, physical problems with your health, either maybe something chronic, or it could be even um, more serious, some terrible diagnosis, or that could happen with somebody close to you. These things have happened, and you're helping them, and it's sort of a, we would call that a challenging situation, and um, sort of, there's really nothing you can do about it on some level. You know, some, sometimes, some things like that. And also we have the societal challenges. Probably each one of us could talk about the thing that, that makes you crazy, 
in um, in society, whether it be um, the corporate greed or governmental ineptness or um, human savagery, those kinds of little issues that we have, and um, rampant um, consumerism, materialism. These are all great challenges, and they seem impossible. What could we, what could we possibly, do about those things? And so, what often happens, uh, what characterizes a challenge that we find particularly difficult, is we feel uh, stuck and can't see a way out of it. And often, that's accompanied by a story that that builds. And I'll call that the uh, downward spiral. And, you know, it goes from one, you know, it starts with the trigger and then, and then the story builds and builds and builds and, and suddenly you're, um, you're pretty dark. And I think we've all experienced that. And when I talk about cheering up, I'm not ob- obviously, well, I hope... It's not obvious that I don't really mean uh, that we think everything is is okay, and you know that's why we're cheerful. Everything is not okay, and everything is not going to be okay. (laughs) You know, it's like everyone has the same kind of uh, the end to everyone's story is the same. And nobody's ever gotten left out. And so we can't say it's like it's going to be okay. I mean, and on some kind of human level, there's going to be some kind of end. And in Shambhala, we talk about being completely genuine. That we, the Dharma, like this is a Dharma gathering, and Dharma really means the truth. So we're always interested in the truth of situations. And the truth of situations can be quite challenging. So what I mean by cheering up is being able to release from the downward spiral and release from the storyline that we get that we trap ourselves in so it's some kind of a release rather than haha kind of cheering up so that's that's what i mean by that and so i'd like to talk about uh, um, some of the stages that we could go through in order to have that kind of release. And I'll talk about it kind of in an, in an ordinary, off-the-cushion way, and then, and then also how meditation can also be part of that journey. So, first of all, the, one of the key things is that you, for step one, is that you um, have some kind of awareness that you're in the downward spiral. And that's actually the first step on the journey, that you recognize that your story has gotten very thick and you're in it. And it doesn't mean that you're out of it, but it means that you know that you're in it. Because until you know that you're in it, there's really, there's really no starting point. And already, that's already given you something that's a little bit on the outside of it, that, you can, that having the awareness of your state of mind is already is already a starting point. And uh, the next step is deciding what you want to do about it. What, what choice are you going to make once you can see that, 
You know, you're in this dark place. And some people might want to have a release from it, and some people find some kind of um, comfort in that familiar maybe that place is very familiar and they and they're afraid to let go of it and so that's you know that's really a a choice point do you want to be released from that story that's entrapping you and um one motivation uh for making the choice to do something else is that your probably your family and friends would <laughs> appreciate it There's nothing like, you know, being in somebody that's in this dark place and you know that it's, you know, you see that, you know, you can see it and they don't want to, they don't want to lift themselves out or raise their gaze at all. And so that's, but that's really, it's really up to them. And so you can be somebody that at least would like to do that. I mean, so that's a choice point. It's sort of like in meditation, we come with the intention to be present and, you know, do we want to stay with our juicy thoughts or do we want to come back? It's it's really up to you. And the third thing, which is the um, sort of the key thing, is, well, they're all key points, but is somehow finding a way to take a larger perspective because usually that's what's happened when we're in that a downward spiral, is that we, we are, it becomes the whole world, and that's why it's dark. And the sunlight can't come through, and we can't feel anything. We can't go outside of it. So how do we take a, a fresh perspective, a larger perspective? So I could give you some... Uh, Examples that are actually quite fresh. They all happen today <laughs> for me. So I was, um, I'll just tell you a personal story. So I had um, a breakfast with a friend and I wanted, it was a beautiful day. And so I went for a walk on the High Line. And I'd never been on there before. And so it's a beautiful walk and everything. And then I, um, so at some point, you know, it was a sunny day, and at some point I took my sunglasses off so I could take a selfie. <laughs> I couldn't see the thing with the selfie. I had my, you know, old age is, is one of the challenges. You know, it's sort of like, you know, I had to put my greeting glasses on, and my, so, you know, and this other glass, I put the sunglasses in here, because <laughs> I had the reading glasses on. I take the reading glasses off so I don't have it in the selfie and, and everything. <laughs> And anyway, so I finally I took the damn picture, and then, and then I, I'm walking along, and suddenly uh, I realize I still have my reading glasses on, uh, on. So I take them off and put them away, and then no sunglasses. My expensive, really nice sunglasses are gone. And shit, you know. And then, and and so then, then the story starts to happen. First of all, I'm, you know, grieving. I'm I, you have to be gentle with me. I'm still a little bit in the grieving period with the sunglasses. And <laughs> you know how it is, like you lose your favorite pen and like, you know, like there's there's a loss there. You have to deal with 
and um, and so there was that. But then there was also the you know the story about the they were expensive, and you know to replace them was not going to be a simple thing. It's not going to be inexpensive to replace them, and you know they're really nice. You know polar eyes. Polar things, whatever you call it, and then, and then there was the self-deprecating, you idiot, <laughs> story like that, right? And and it actually, you know, so it's a beautiful day. I'm in the thing, and and this event happened, and those were all very genuine reactions to that event, and so you know they needed to be honored too, but they were definitely taking over, and I'm thinking. You know, and then I started thinking about this talk. I said, "Well, I'm the, supposed to be the one that can get out of the downward spiral." So, you know, so like, <laughs> so what am I going to do? And I started thinking, well, you know, and the teaching is well, you try to take a te- uh, larger perspective. So I'm walking along, you know, in this, you know, kind of in this funk, and it's actually a beautiful. You know, there's some beautiful uh, trees and greenery and. And everything's in bloom. And at some point, there's this patch of um, purple flowers that caught my eye. And I decided to just stand there and look at them. And actually, I started seeing a little bit more detail. And the, and after a few moments, actually, the fragrance, I could actually smell them. I mean, even there were a lot of different smells, but I could actually smell those uh, flowers and just the fact that that sense perception could penetrate after i went back into you know the story was still there but it just seemed different to me i felt like okay well it's not the end of the world i'll go get another pair of sunglasses i'll buy them at the drugstore because i always lose them and you know whatever and i started thinking of a way forward and um so even though i'm still grieving a little bit it's not the downwards spiral. I kind of like cheered up, but it wasn't like you know, ha ha, and it didn't happen. And I still felt bad, but there was something else that could happen. And I think it's the same principle, like when you bring flowers to somebody in the hospital, that that you know they're in this terrible, painful situation, and then you bring them, you know, you want them to know that you care about them and you want to bring them an offering and that, but there's something about having the flowers in their room that they could actually see a beautiful flower in the midst of, you know, a very painful and confusing situation, whatever they happen to be. You know, whatever, or, um, if you end up in the hospital and have to stay a few days, it's always awful, no matter what the reason is, and it could be really serious or not. So, you, you know, that's it's the same sort of idea that that there's a little bit outside of the, the tight, painful story. And another way that sometimes, uh, the, just like the phenomenal world sort of beckoned me, my friend who I had breakfast with before I lost my sunglasses was telling me about um, that they had gotten in this terrible funk and, uh, and the solution involved an exterminator and washing everything that they owned in very hot water. <laughs> you know? And they were like, and they had gotten like into this really dark place about a very inconvenient situation and they, and they got stuck there and they realized that. So they, 
they felt that they needed some help, so they called a friend, and and so they said, you know, look, I've got I've got to talk to you. Could you come and meet me? And the friend goes there, and they meet, and he starts talking about the exterminator and having, you know, and how inconvenient it was, and they all close. And she said, "Oh, is that all? I thought you were going to tell me something else." And she was so relieved, and that it was she had the perspective. Of that's kind of a small thing from what I had been fantasizing that you were going to tell me. And so it cheered him up because then suddenly it just sort of broke the momentum of that story in that dark place. And then on the societal level, the other thing that happened, and it didn't happen today, but I, um, I went to uh, visit my... Uh, went with my partner to visit their family and um, visit uh, her family in uh, Philadelphia. And they're very, um, I knew that they were, you know, they're devout Catholics and they're conservative Republicans and all that. But anyway, we're going there to celebrate the fact that she had finished her um, master's degree and we're having celebratory dinner. And so everyone's, you know, had a couple glasses of wine, everything, we're sitting there. And one of the things, you know, we never talk about politics, you know, you just you just don't go there because we have, you know, quite different views. But somehow we got on the topic. And and then they finally said, Well, you know, we're the real Americans. We're we belong to the Tea Party. <laughs> and I, I apologize if there's any Tea Party people in here, but but it was you know, and then suddenly we were in the, you know, it was like we were on the set of Fox News and there were the makers and the takers and, the, you know, and, you know, this one's the devil and, you know, and all of that. And, and, and um, you know, so there was a choice there about how to handle that situation and, um, and to maintain some kind of perspective about, you know, actually these people are really nice people. They're this, like the sweetest people. And, you know, so it's sort of like, so we had a real societal issue there that could have gotten uh, pretty ugly. It did get a little ugly, but it could have gotten uglier if we hadn't ha- actually had respect for each other as humans. And it was interesting, the next morning we all woke up and we were all kind of sheepish because we had all promised ourselves not to go there, and we did. But also we realized that we had all othered they were other, you know, and and then but then they were both. Uh, what we both realized is that we had maintained some curiosity about the other viewpoint because I am never sitting at a table with members of the Tea Party, and they are never sitting at a table with someone like me, and 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 my partner, and they were they were very. They realized the. Um, uh, one of the family members said, we realize that we never talk to anybody who doesn't have the same views as us. And actually, if you think about your own life, like how often do you talk to actually have a conversation with people with really radical different views? But then the fact of the matter was, was that there were, we were human to human. Human to human, there really wasn't a, a, a problem 
you know, like in in sort of the everyday interaction. And so there was the perspective of just some kind of humanity that kept us from getting into the downward spiral of our societal viewpoint. So I'd like to um, try a little experiment, if you you don't mind humoring me. So sort of a little meditative contemplation. So I'd like you to um, think of something that um, that can trigger a, a downward spiral for you, but not not too big one. You know, more along the sunglasses level or the, you know, just like, or but, you know, not the or maybe you want to go there, but this just for the experiment. And so I'd like you to think of that story and that overwhelming problem that feels stuck like no way out of it. And and let your instead of it just being a thought process, actually embody sort of the atmosphere of that situation so that you can actually feel your body, not just your thoughts. And notice how how your stomach feels. Or your the area around your heart. Or your throat and neck or your head and see if uh, some words can bubble up that sort of characterize the state of being in a difficult challenge not so much the content but sort of the characteristics of it let a word come up or a phrase. Having felt your body, and so, what? What's what word did you think of? Unwanted, Unwanted. claustrophobic. claustrophobic. Heavy, furious, furious idiotic, idiotic, toxic, toxic. Hmm? angry, angry. Disappointed. disappointed, unloved, unloved. defensive, defensive. falling, falling. weak. weak. Anxious, frustrated, frustrated. failure, Failure. suffocated. Suffocated. Okay, kind of a dark list. (laughs) Good. (laughs) 
Okay. So now we're going to go back into another place and think of something that you appreciate that you don't have to fix. It could be a relationship with a person or animal, how the sunlight comes into your room at a particular time of day, or something about your body that you appreciate, that it works. And as you're thinking about this particular thing that you appreciate, feel your body and feel the sensation around your stomach and your heart and your throat, neck. and your head. And let a word bubble up around this. Gratitude. Hmm? Gratitude. Love. Love. Expansive warmth, <coughs> calm, calm. Relief. relief, air, air. Sunlight. sunlight, simple, simple. appreciation. Okay. Now go back into the first one. The challenge. And notice the feeling you have now. Your stomach, your heart. Your throat, and your head, and tell me what you notice about. Is it exactly the same as before? What changed? The totality of it was less. Okay. Yes? Not so much weight attached to the terrifying. Mm-hmm. Sad. Sad. What was it before? Idiot. Idiot. Okay, so now it just some kind of sad okay anyone else notice a difference is it anyone for anyone it was exactly the same 
Hmm? What was the last thing? Balance. It was more... There was balance. It was balance. Okay. So that's... Uh, <laughs> it's her broker. It's always like this. Buy, sell, buy, sell. <laughs> <laughs> so that's... Uh, so for some people it was the same, but for, it seems like a lot of people there was a little bit of difference. And the only difference was that we had uh, interrupted it with uh, a moment of appreci- appreciation of something. And so that's what I mean by cheering up, that it somehow just by... Uh, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't. It goes away. It didn't go away. Those those things are still there, but there could be some kind of um, just by giving a little bit larger perspective. Sort of the weight can can lessen. You know, our teacher, the um, this gentleman o- over there, he's. He's uh, the founder of Shambhala, and this is his son, and he's um, now the current leader. And he he gave meditation instruction one time, and he said, suffering is when you focus too much on one thing. <laughs> and that that actually that statement really helped me. That you get into that one place. You can. That's when uh, things get um, unworkable. And uh, and a great Zen master said, "The way to control your cow is to give it a large, spacious meadow. (laughs) Don't get in the elevator with the cow. (laughs) Take it out into the field." And meditation is um, sort of a very sustainable way of maintaining that larger perspective. Because what we do is we sit down and just see who we are as a human being, the total landscape of our experience. And we just let that be, whatever it is. If we have a body, there's aches and pains, some, some part of it's okay, some part of it is not okay, we have our breathing that's always there. We have our sense perceptions, shapes, colors, sounds. We have thoughts, sometimes lots of thoughts running through, sometimes one that gets stuck and goes around and around. And also our mood and our emotions, happy, sad, all of this. And so when we sit, we're sitting with all of that, that whole landscape, and just feeling our humanity. Who, who is this human? And just feeling this body breathing. And, and when we notice that we're gotten trapped in one small place, in the elevator with the cow we can open up the field to all of our humanity. 
And that's, that's called cheering up. <laughs> it means we can go forward. So that's my talk on cheering up in challenging times. And I'm wondering if you have any comments or questions or anything you'd like to express. What about when you're related to or you have friends that, are, that get stuck a lot and you don't really know, it's up to them, right, to cheer themselves up? Do you distance yourself from that relationship because they don't know how to cheer themselves up? Or do you just continue to try and be there for them even though there like, seems to be a lack of connection because they're in a funk? Well, I mean, I don't think there's any formula, but usually what's, um, usually I find that you can't think your way out of the problem with them. So, so then you get in the elevator with the cow <laughs> and, and try and figure it out. It usually doesn't work. And so is there a way to create some kind of spaciousness, like let's go for a walk, you know, and it's... And, uh, and actually help the person to raise their gaze a bit. And then, then the field starts being a little bit bigger, and that's uh, usually when I'm trying to cheer someone up, it's they're somehow, somehow taking them out of that small place. It doesn't mean those problems go away, but somehow it, gives, it starts offering a larger perspective. But then if you find that that person is really not responding to that and not making the choice, then you have to say, well, what would be the more benefit for you in the world to try over and over and over and over and over over again or to maybe do something else? So that's, you know, it's going to depend on whether they have the capacity to be helped and whether you stick with it or not. So, I mean, it it depends. Of course, you, you know, usually... You try as best you can, and then and then sometimes you let it go, and then um, you can try again. And then sometimes you f- feel like nothing's working. But what you could do, um, actually, uh, just last weekend we we were here and there were teachings from um, Sakyang Mipam and Pema Chodron and she said something that I thought was really helpful about a woman who felt that you know she had been trying to deal with an abusive father and there was a long gap and then, and then she tried to deal with him again and she realized that she couldn't deal with it, it wasn't working for her and she felt bad about that, she felt guilty and then she was wondering about whether that was okay to just drop the relationship and what Pema Chodron said, I thought was actually very helpful. She said, write on a card, like, you know, get a nice card and write your aspiration for that person, for, for your father, and put it in a good place. And so you could, you know, you might actually not continue the relationship, but, but have the aspiration that, that that person be free from whatever, you know, whatever's troubling them and that they can move beyond that. And, and then she also said that there might come a point, maybe at the end of his life, that something changes in him and then you can, then you can have the relationship or, you know, whatever. If something changes, that you're willing to actually not give up forever, but then maybe see what happens again. But there was some kind of aspiration, too, that you held and put in a, 
on a nice, you know, place. Thank you. Yes? Hello again. Hi. Thank you. (laughs) Um, How do you go about deciphering when is the appropriate time to really focus on on a particular issue not getting wrapped up in a story about it but just really looking at it and 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 feeling it um knowing when that's an appropriate time to to do that and when um you should kind of redirect your i guess energy or focus to to more of the present moment, and I mean, there. Are, I feel like there are times where um, issues will kind of surface mm-hmm. again, and I, I recognize that it's not in the present moment. It's not a, a current issue that I'm necessarily de- dealing with, but I do recognize that it's something that at some point I should probably look at. Right. So knowing when when is the appropriate time and and the healthy healthiest time to do that. Yeah. Well, um, are you asking about meditation or, or any time? I guess sometimes when it does come up in meditation, I, I wonder yeah. uh, which way to go. But I guess in general also. Yeah. Off the cushion. Well, uh, well first I'll say something about in meditation. So, so the idea is that you try and stay present. How's that working for you? <laughs> you know, it comes, it comes and goes. And so, you know, so something comes up. And, and, uh, and sometimes you can, you know, come back and then it comes up again. And, you know, so some, sometimes something is demanding your attention. And you have to trust that. But the way... But the way to so that's it, then you could be with it because it's it's there it's there anyway and and to try to make it go away is aggressive being aggressive with yourself so so if you can just come back to the present then you do that but if it's sometimes it's asking you for more and so so what you could do though is so you said you could separate from the storyline. And, that, and that's an important thing because when you have a strong emotion or uh, something like that, usually there's two things going around. Like, let's say you're angry about something, and so there's the storyline about the anger, and then there's the you know, uh, you know, I got hot under the collar. You know, like even in common parlance, there's a sort of a physical part of being angry. You know, you, you get hot, and so, so. I'm just using that as an example. Maybe there's some kind of anger or hurt. And so there's a storyline about the anger or the hurt, and then there's the physical sensation of the anger or the hurt. And so if you're going to be with it, particularly in the meditation, or maybe even any time, we're going to de-emphasize the storyline for right now, because actually the storyline's been going round and round, and that's probably what made it seem impossible you know, and so we're going to emphasize the other part, which is the physical sensation. And then you actually are just completely with those feelings of the physical sensation. And 
And when you can stay with it that way, it starts to have less power over you. Um, because instead of like trying to push it away or not wanting to deal with it, you're actually dealing with it, but you're not being... Um, um, you're not under the spell of the storyline, but then, but then with some kind, some kind, then you have to know when it's enough to stay with the sensations because sometimes uh, you have to go very slowly, and so you could do that for a little while and then raise your gaze and do something, you know, then try and come back. So you just to do that in little bits, so you're honoring it but not letting it take you over. And you can just decide that, you know, just use, follow your own instinct on that. And then sometimes people say, you know, in their day-to-day life, they get very anxious or something, and, you know, and then usually there's the two things. There's the anxiety, and then there's the story about it. And so you can actually practice separating those two and staying with the feeling of being anxious and then the only way out is through you know so then you actually stay with it and you say okay well okay so there's a lot of intelligence there you know one time I was in a situation and somebody was being very bullying and I could feel myself getting really tight around that and, you know, they were trying to get me to do something or answer or, you know, whatever. And, and I just noticed how I was feeling this thing. And instead of, like, trying to deal intellectually with it or deal with that, I was just, I was just staying with my stomach <laughs> right then. And the person said, well, why aren't you answering? I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm in this situation and I'm noticing that I'm feeling... Tense as we're having this conversation, and I'm, you know, I'm just trying to work with that because I'd really like to have this, com- you know, really like, I'd like to have this conversation, but I'm, I need to just stay with this for a little bit so that I can, you know, actually have a good response. And um, and it was interesting reaction that the person had because they don't usually realize that they have an effect. And so it was also telling them that, yeah, you're ha- this, is <laughs> this conversation is having an effect on me, and I need to like, deal with that before I can actually respond to you. And, uh, and then so we paused just for a few seconds, and, uh, and then, then there was a little bit more respectful uh, conversation that ensued. But I, I sort of trusted that, I, okay, I'm going to stay, you know, I can't deal with that right now. I have to deal with this before I could have that conversation. So you really have to trust your own intelligence on that. And if something's like really coming up and coming up and it's like demanding your attention, then you pay attention to it. But I'm suggesting to de-emphasize the story and just feel the physical sensation. And then it's physical sensation. And it's, you know more workable rather than trying to figure out how that happened or why you know all the things we try and figure out yeah. hi um, I was wondering if you suggest intercalating the that hopeful optimistic 
The appreciation? Yeah. Yeah. With the other. So what would, like, if, I wonder, do you recommend or do you know a way to intercalate the two? Yeah, well, you could just decide. So, first of all, you know, the stages. So you've noticed that you're in the downward spin and you decide you'd like to do something about it. And then you'd like a bigger perspective. And one way to get it, in the experiment we did, is actually think about something that isn't giving you grief. <laughs> Some, you know, someone you love or, you know, or something you enjoy or some, uh, you know, some people go work in their garden or in New York that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> but they, um, you know, just something that's... Uh, it could be something very simple. What, right while it's happening? Right. Let's say you're with... If you can... Well, usually what happens is that it takes a while to notice that, that's, that you've gone to a dark place. And, and then to actually start to trust that you can do something about it. That, that, that you're not trapped there. Even if you're with a person or yeah. situation, you can still... Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's like my friend comes in. It's told me this story where she has a teenage son, and she walks into the kitchen. You know, she's just minding her own business. You know, she walks into the kitchen, and the guy, you know, the guy, this young man, starts going, <laughs> and you know, he was upset about something. I don't know. And she said, 30 seconds. All I want is." 30 seconds. And they both turned to the clock and they watched it go around like that. And she said, okay, now I'm ready. And, and then they had the conversation, but just, that, just a few seconds of gap, actually, this is sort of like, you know, it's the old thing, like count to 10 before you respond and you feel yourself getting angry. And you, you know, and you start getting into that small place with your anger, and then count to ten, and then see what happens, what comes out of your mouth. It's really good advice. It's just like old wives' tales, you know. It's like, but that's just like human wisdom. But what happens is that when you start to do these kinds of things, and you start to trust yourself, that you can find a way forward. And the other thing about, you know, like, there's also the societal things, like, will getting angry actually help? Do you want to contribute to the pollution? Or do you want to actually try and feel the humans behind it? You know? It's very easy to polarize. Um, I had a question just sort of on... Practice mm-hmm. and I guess expectations and, asp- and aspirations. So I feel like after practicing, um, so after having my practice um, f- for the period of time that I have had it, it's like I've seen some like benefits. Mm-hmm. So like I'm more skillful with people. That was really bad. I'm not going to do that again. Um, or like this is really important, like this should get discussed now, type of thing. But in other aspects, there's like a huge shadow <laughs> that I just don't really tread into. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I should really work on that, right? I should really kind of take some steps with that. I'm aware of that. And I never seem to cross that boundary <laughs> to actually do it. And sometimes I'll have these aspirations, and I'm like, ah, oh, like I really, you know, that'll be a focus for, you know, today or tomorrow. 
Um, you could actually have that intention as you sit down in your meditation session and say, you know, so when you sit down, you could, you could really work with the landscape of your experience. So, you know, the human that happens to be there right then and all of that. But you could actually say, I'm going to let my self put one toe into that shadow today and let it let it come in and then just keep feeling yourself that's it there's no nothing to do with it but you could have that aspiration because you're seeing it so you know it's there you know that's already half the battle so stay with it and don't get freaked out by it (laughs) well I can't no what you can do when so the freak out is the storyline and then so so the freak out is also the fear right and so you know in, in Shambhala we talk about warriorship and being brave and the thing is that actually being able to feel your fear is warriorship and so so you venture into some place and you just let yourself feel what your body feels so there's the freak out which is the words but then you let yourself your body feel what it feels like to be afraid and that has two benefits one is that it it gives you some trust on your own courage, but it also makes you um, compassionate with other people who are feeling fear. So it has a sort of a personal benefit, but also a societal kind of relationship benefit that, you know, sometimes you see people and they're acting in funny ways and you realize, you know, they're really just afraid. You know, they're pushing you away because they're fearful, and then you know that, and then you know what that's like, and and you're just more compassionate. Um, it really spoke to me when you mentioned that part about, you know, maybe that dark place, that frustrated place is a place of comfort, and you end up staying there because you're familiar with it. Um, yeah. And so I was just wondering you have any thoughts on breaking a cycle of like going to a dark place and like taking super comfort there and being like well this is just my story and I'm just complain 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 and just sitting there but like like what we get out of that well actually once you've had that insight that you had you're already ruined It's like you're going to notice you're going to notice that you're in that you're staying in that dark place and uh, and so you can't it's not quite the same you already have a perspective and so it's already I don't know weakened and so you can't quite stay and it's not quite as comfortable maybe you want something else to happen yeah you can't go back sorry <laughs> Believe me, I'm really good at it. <laughs> yeah. Going back over and over. I've had the, this insight for like years. And well, I just it, keep going back. <laughs> like it just keeps persisting. Basically. Yeah. Sometimes you can. Um, 
you know, on some level it doesn't really matter what you do, but also you might actually want to reflect on how the impact it has on others that you're there. So are you available when you're there? And and so is that what you want? You know, because, you know, when you get into that place, then you're not really communicating with your heart. And and so you kind of cut off. And uh, it's hard for people to communicate with you. And then you get a lonely, you know. And your friend is lonely, you're lonely. And so... So it's really a matter of, you know, what, is it, what do you want for yourself and what do you want for others relating to? Who do, you, who do you want them to meet? Right? So you can reflect on that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Last one. Um, I was just thinking about... Um, one of the things that happens when I'm thinking about this, what's called an amygdalic reaction, when it's when your fight or flight tendency takes over, and uh, you find yourself helpless, and you do act out. And I think something that I try to think about—I had one today. I don't want to talk about it—is to forgive myself for it. Mm-hmm. And it, if I can do that, I can create more space around it so that I can think about doing it different the next time. So you had the fight-or-flight response, and then you self-reflected afterwards and, yeah, and, yeah. and said, okay, well, you noticed that you did that, but then uh, maybe had the aspiration to make different choices going forward? Yeah. 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 That's excellent. Yeah. That's all you can do. I mean, I'll get another chance. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, every moment we have a new chance. <laughs> it's sort of like, uh, yeah, it sort of never ends. It's sort of like you never like just cheer up. <laughs> you know, I mean, life is life. You know, but we have a choice. You know, and then it's it's important to you know like so that we act out of um, you know go on automatic and. And act that way, and then, and then you know, reflect, you know, on. But not just the bad things, but you know, like you could say, well, okay, so and uh, in, in today, where did, where did, what was good, you know, where did, I, where did I connect well, and where did I disconnect, and and then, um, you know, and then that's how you go forward. That's how we learn. So. You know, so forgiving yourself is sort of like, yeah, we don't need to, you know, this guilty thing. It's really uh, overrated. (laughs) You know, we can learn. Okay, so um, I think that's, that's it for tonight and um, thank you so much for coming I'd like to have a particular shout out to my family members who are brave enough to come <laughs> and uh, they're hearing me speak for the first time and uh, so it's it's great family you know the, either you know them since they were born or they know you from, from when you were born and so it's, it's awesome <laughs> and you can uh, join together
So thanks for coming, everyone, and uh, have a good evening. <laughs>